The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. The end. Good night. There will definitely be no autographs. No autographs. Peace and love. Peace and Bye. love. Look, this is a great way to sum up the Beatles experience. Just singing love over and over again and having each of the four fabs getting their individual moment in the sun. Like they're all individually singing toodles. None of the guitar solos or the drum solo are too ostentatious. It's like a controlled explosion. I think this helped cement their legend and mythology more than most people think. I mean, what other band writes a song intended and executed thusly to summarize their whole catalog and more or less goes out on their own terms, you know? I know they had another album released after this one, and but only Yahoo's like us talk about Let It Be as if it's their real final record in the grand scheme of things. The only other band I can think of that tried this and maybe succeeded was R.E.M. with their last studio album, Collapse Into Now. But as Michael Stipe pointed out, only the actor Adam Scott got it. Yeah. uh, I mean, how does it feel to be an R.E.M.? Yeah. Feels good. I'd say it probably feels pretty good. Um, Just to... REM tangent there um, about them breaking up. There was a really good tweet I saw recently by uh, Stephen Hyden, who's a rock critic. Uh, he said, it still blows my mind that half of REM currently plays in a band who only writes songs about baseball just because it's a lot of fun. I don't think there's a better example of four musicians who decided to stop being rock stars and meant it for real. <laughs> and absolutely true. <laughs> Let's do just a baseball band with our buddy Scott McCoy. One of the perks of uh, being financially Absolutely. stable, I suppose. I've, I've, I felt like I've been lucky enough to see um, Peter Buck and Mike Mills in small rock clubs post REM because they just like playing music and doing whatever they want. Uh, and ha- and I did also did not know it was going to be the last REM album. I'm a really big REM fan, and I was working in college radio at the time, and I was very excited to have... Uh, access to their album early you know the ultimate college rock band and you know one of the best concerts i've ever been to in my life was turned out to be arium's last tour did not know that at the time um also it's very fitting that we have the beatles uh playing us out giving everyone a turn to shine and i think that that's great um every drummer i know can do the ringo solo like straight off the dome and I'm not saying that because it's easy. Like, yeah, it's relatively easy, but it's just so iconic is more it. It's like, it's mm-hmm. just so ubiquitous. If like you pick, you play the drums, you do that. Cause that's just what you do. Uh, and then to end the do. song with, I guess what is the thesis statement of the Beatles mm-hmm. in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. Bravo. See you around the clubs. So John said about the song, that's Paul again, the unfinished song, right? We're on Abbey Road, just a piece at the end. He had a line in it, and in the end, the love you get is equal to the love you give. He got the line wrong. Which is a very cosmic philosophical line, which again proves that if Paul wants to, he can think. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It was unlikely 
than any other Beatle that Paul would have ended up writing the Beatles' epitaph. John generally disliked the Abbey Road medley, although he contributed a handful of songs, and at one point wanted his and McCartney's songs to be on separate sides of the album. Interesting. Ouch. George Harrison, meanwhile, had grown tired of McCartney's dominance within the group and was beginning to devote his energies to other projects. Apart from the generally amenable Ringo, McCartney was the only one fully dedicated to the Beatles until the end, and he recognized that they deserved a proper send-off. Paul said, this is one of those couplets that could keep you thinking for a long time. Maybe about good karma. What goes around comes around, as they say in America. The end features, uniquely on a Beatles track, a drum solo by Ringo Starr. It took some persuading before the group, group stalwart drummer agreed to the solo. Paul told Mark Lewison, Ringo would never do drum solos. He hated drummers who did lengthy drum solos. We all did. And when he joined the Beatles, we said, uh, what about drum solos then? Figuring he might say, yeah, I'll have a five-hour one in the middle of your set. And he said, I hate them. We said, great, we love you. And so he would never do them. But because of this medley, I said, well, a token solo? And he really dug his heels in and didn't want to do it. But after a little bit of gentle persuasion, I said, yeah, just do that. It wouldn't be Buddy Rich gone mad. Because I think that's what he didn't want to do. His solo on the end was recorded with 12 microphones around his drum kit. In his playing, Ringo said he copied part of Rod Bushy's drumming on the Iron Butterfly, Iron Butterfly track in Agata de Vida. What happened was my brain was like, pronounce it Iron. Irons. Don't do that. And that song is every radio DJ's favorite song because it gives them a chance to go poop. Mm-hmm. It's their favorite hymn. In Agata de Vida. Also in a Simpsons episode. Uh, mm, 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 Keith mm. Hernandez's favorite song during recording, it seems. <laughs> right? <laughs> during recording the drum, the, I think yeah. I mean, it's no Zappa. Oh, during recording, the drum solo was originally accompanied by guitar and tambourine. Although these were excluded in the final version, they can, however, be heard in a new mix of the end, released in 1996 on Anthology Three. Jeff Ebrick said, The thing that always amused me was how much persuasion it took to get Ringo to play that solo. Usually you have to try to talk drummers out of doing solos. He didn't want to do it, but everybody said, No, no, be fantastic. So he gave in and turned it a bloody marvelous performance. So Jeff complimented For the first time ever. It took a while to get... <laughs> probably. It took a while to get right, and I think Paul helped with some ideas, but it's fantastic. I always want to hear more. That's how good it is. It's so musical. It's not just a drummer going off. The end also features the sound of Paul, George, and John sparring on lead guitars, taking it in turns to perform two bar sequences over the Love You, Love You backing vocals. Jeff Emmerich again. The idea for guitar solos was very spontaneous, and everybody said, yes, definitely. Well, except for George, who was a little apprehensive at first. But he saw how excited John and Paul were, so he went along with it. Truthfully, I think they rather liked the idea of playing together, not really trying to outdo one another per se, but engaging in some real musical bonding. Yoko was about to go into the studio with John, this was commonplace by now, and he actually told her, no, not now, let me just do this, it'll just take a minute. That surprised me a bit. Maybe he felt like he was returning to his roots with the boys. Who knows? It's really sweet. Paul Solo was first, then George, then John, and they went back and forth. They ran down their ideas a few times, and before you knew it, they were ready to go. 
Their amps were lined up together we recorded their parts on one track. You could really see the joy in their faces as they played. It was like they were teenagers again. One take was all we needed. The musical telepathy between them was mind-boggling. So Andrew, do you have a favorite solo? I think I like John. I think I like John's the best. Yeah, he really yeah. hammered the the whammy. I think. Yeah, uh, I, I think yeah, I it's... agree with that. The song closed with some of the Beatles' most celebrated and memorable words. And in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. The final words of the song were written by McCarty with Shakespeare in mind. He said, I wanted it to end with a little meaningful couplet, so I followed the bard and wrote a couplet. And actually, Paul was asked about that couplet during an interview that aired on NBC in February 1993. Let's, let's have a listen. Remember when uh, you were in the, the Beatles and uh, you did that um, album, Abbey Road, and uh, at the very end of the song, uh, the song it goes, uh, and in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. You, you remember that? <laughs> yes. Uh, is that true? Yes, Chris. In, in my experience, it is, I find the more you give, the more you get. Oh. <laughs> remember? remember? <laughs> uh, the orchestra was recorded on August 15th at great expense. Though the musicians also contributed parts for Golden Slubber's Carried Away, something, and Here Comes the Sun on the same day. Alan Brown, an engineer, said, The orchestral overdub for the end was the most elaborate I've ever heard. A 30-piece playing for not too many seconds. It mixed about 40 decibels down. It costs a lot of money. All the musicians have to be paid, fed, and watered. I screw every pound note out of it whenever I play the record. Recording was completed on the 18th of August with the addition of the slightly sharp piano notes, played by Bacardi, which heralded celebrated final words. Richie Unterberger, of all music, considered the end to be the group's take on the improvised jamming common to heavy rock of the late 60s. Though, as usual, the Beatles did it with far more economic precision than anyone else. John Mendelssohn of Rolling Stone said it was a perfect epitaph for a visit to the world of Beatle daydreams. The love you take is equal to the love you make. In 2007, the end was ranked at number 7 on Q Magazine's list of the 20 greatest guitar tracks. It rough, I, I forgot to look up what number one was. I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to mm. guess. You're going to guess. Mm, okay. Stairway? Because it just always it is, is. It is Led Zeppelin. It is Led Zeppelin. But it is okay. not Stairway to Heaven. Thank God. <laughs> All right. So I get one more Zeppelin guess? Mm-hmm. Whole lot of love. Black Dog. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, the Beatles, the end, was not their highest ranked guitar track. Uh, number six. Think... Can you guess what it is? It, it, it came in number six. Well, my guitar gently weeps. And your bird can sing. Oh, great. Yeah. That's, I... that's awesome. I That's, love that song. Absolutely. 
The best song ever written about Frank Sinatra. Yes, please listen to that episode. In Ralph Bakshi's 1972 film Fritz the Cat, Fritz quotes the line, The love you give is equal to the love you get when deciding not to plant a bomb in a nuclear power plant and rejecting violent revolutionary politics. The character's creator, Robert Crumb, denounced this dialogue as redneck and fascistic. Okay. The Beastie Boys sampled a portion of the end for their track, The Sounds of Science, from Paul's Boutique. And I believe Paul's Boutique is a reference to Paul McCartney, because they, if I remember right, and I'm sure Rick Rubin uh, made them do it, they, they studied Beatles tracks, particularly Abbey Road, I think, um, when they made that album. That sounds yeah. like a Rick Rubin thing right there. Mm-hmm. Like to learn song structure and stuff. The closing couplet is sung by Katie Ling and partly spoken by Robin Williams as the character Lovelace at the end of the movie Happy Feet. The end was used as the final song played on the classic rock stations KMET and KSWD in Los Angeles, as well as WNEWFM and WPLJ in New York City. Did you know PLJ is a Christian station now? I did not know until researching today that that was the case. Are you saying that Scott and Todd talk about Jesus in the morning? Jesus in the morning. <laughs> I did know it was the, I did know it was a Christian station. Um because recently scanning through the dial on our car I was like, wait, is this Jesus? Okay, weird. Yes, it's me. Hello. I think, is 1027 also Jesus-y now? (laughs) Jesus-y. Jesus-ish. Is it run by Jesus? Is it? Uh, Save me, Jeebus. It says, uh, wait, let's, all right, let me. The new 1027. Is um, upbeat. Okay. Oh, no, it's, uh, okay, it's it's not. Upbeat. I think it's hip hop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that okay. that station, that, that old WNEW, which obviously also, uh, as you mentioned, used to be a, a rock station. So Andrew, Fresh if you were if you were the program director of a rock station that was ending, what would the last song be? Well, I can only speak to when I was a college when I did when I DJed in college what mm-hmm. I I what my last song was, and it was um, Panic by the Smiths. Hang the DJ, hang the DJ, hang the DJ. Leave him hanging, I suppose. Leave him hanging. I'm trying to think. What would be yours? Yeah. After Hours by the Velvet Underground. Oh, sure. Yeah. When you close the door. The door. (laughs) Say today again. I'm trying to think of another good one. Yeah, Um, I'm sure there are a couple that we're we're missing. If if any of our listeners have their own thoughts... Tweet us or Discord us. Mm-hmm. What you think? Mm-hmm. What would you? What would you round out your radio station? Doesn't have to be rock music, obviously. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if whatever format your your station is, what would you? What would you end it with? I vaguely remember. You know, so, I, just thought, I just thought of another one, actually. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Good night. They could have done good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah. Um. No, I, I, I just, I, I, 
maybe remembering this wrong, but I think some radio station ended, or maybe some radio show, their final song was The End by the Doors. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Last Goodbye by Jeff Buckley? That just okay. came to my head. I think I okay. remember a, a radio show doing that. Love Count, 27. <laughs> 27. That's, it's not the most. It is not the most. But um, it may be second or third most. Yeah. Eight days a week, I think, might, might have had more. I think eight day, this may be third most. Obviously, all you need is love is one. Mm-hmm. And love yeah, me I do mean, is pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, we had like a zero love count for a while, it seems like. And they're making up for lost time here. Absolutely. Josie Scale, I'd give this a yeah. Yep. Not a lot of words, but they uh, they make it all count with the music. And that final thesis right there. Absolutely. Yeah! The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot. So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine.